Praised be Jesus Christ, now and forever. I'm Matthew Knight, and this is In Your Embrace Daily. In today's Gospel, we hear these mysterious words of Jesus by the side of Jacob's well when he says, I thirst, give me a drink. Now we know that Jesus is one person, he's a divine person, and so if Jesus is thirsty, this means in some way, God is thirsty. Likewise, if Jesus is weary, as the Gospel tells us he is today, God, God is weary. And it's worth taking a moment just to contemplate and to consider what this means. God, through whom everything in heaven and on earth was created. This God is tired. This God thirsts. Now, what does this teach us about the character of this God who we worship, this God and Lord and man, Jesus Christ? Mother Teresa thought these words were so significant, incidentally, that in all of the chapels of the Missionaries of Charity, she had them engraved on the wall next to the tabernacle, so that whenever the sisters would gather to make their times of adoration or holy hours before the Eucharistic face of Jesus, they would see these words there, these two simple words, I thirst. What is it that Jesus thirsts for? Obviously, at this moment in the Gospel, he's asking for a drink of water. But on a mystical level, he's asking for something far greater and of greater significance for us. Jesus explains himself in his conversation with the Samaritan woman when he says, If you knew who it was who was asking you for a drink right now, you would ask him to give you a drink. And he would give you to drink from living waters welling up in your soul unto everlasting life. This above all is what Jesus thirsts for. This is what the Holy Trinity thirsts for in Jesus. To pour out into our hearts the living waters of divine love. God thirsts to satisfy our thirst. And God thirsts for us to ask him to pour out those living waters into the depths of our heart. Thus, in another place, Jesus teaches us, Ask, and it will be given you. Knock, and the door will be opened. If we go to God with the desires of our heart and sincerely ask for Him to come and to satisfy them with that satisfaction which love alone can impart, God will answer this prayer. It's of great significance, too, that this whole conversation about divine thirst takes place by the side of a well. And the well is a symbol of such theological depth, uh, no pun intended, and significance that we could spend days and days unpacking it and, and considering it. But for now, just consider this. The well is a place where water wells up invisibly and mysteriously from the depths. The well is a chasm drilled into the side of the earth. The well is is an abyss, at the depths of which, hidden from human sight, water arises. So, how like this well is to our hearts, to our human hearts. One author says that man, homo sapiens, could fruitfully be called homo abyssus, man the abyss, whose depths not even he knows. But God knows the depths of our hearts. God knows the depths of our misery. As the psalmist says, 
None of my groanings are hidden from you. You know all my groanings. You know those groanings which are too deep even for speech. You know those desires which go so far to the heart of my being that I cannot even express them in words. God knows them, and He desires and is capable of fulfilling every one of them. In fact, this is the reason why God became man. This is the, this is the logic of the Incarnation. God became man so that man might share in God's divine life. God took on Himself all these things which are belonging to our human nature, but foreign to His divine condition. He took on thirst, weariness, and exhaustion. He took on soreness of body and tiredness of mind. All of this impelled by that great love which burns at the heart of the whole and holy trinity and which above all desires to unite us to Himself, to satisfy our weary and miserable hearts with the divine love which alone can bring us peace. Now, one final word from today's Gospel, which is of great significance for us, um, many of whom, like me, are stuck at home right now. The Samaritan woman says to Jesus at one point, Our ancestors worshipped God here on this mountain, but you Jews say that we should worship Him in Jerusalem, in the temple. And Jesus speaks these prophetic, truly prophetic words to her when he says, We Jews worship in Jerusalem at the temple because salvation is from the Jews. and We know the God whom we worship. You Samaritans worship here in nature because you know not the God whom you worship. But there will come a day when true worshipers will adore my Father in spirit and in truth, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in spirit and in truth. And these words are of great significance for us who may be in quarantine or ordered to shelter in place because even if we can't get to our churches, even if we can't participate in person in that sublime and most perfect sacrifice of the Holy Mass in which our worship of God is made complete, we can still be these true adorers in spirit and in truth whom the Father desires above all else. We can be the adorers to give joy to God's heart we can be the adorers who, by going to God with our need, with our thirst, with our desire, we thereby satisfy His desire for us to come to Him and to receive. St. Elizabeth of the Trinity writes, To give joy to His heart, let us be these true adorers. Let us adore Him in spirit, that is, with our hearts and our thoughts fixed on Him and our mind filled with His knowledge imparted by the light of faith. Let us adore Him in truth, that is, by our works. For it is above all by our actions that we show we are true. This is to do always what is pleasing to the Father, whose children we are. And finally, let us adore in spirit and in truth, that is, through Jesus Christ and with Jesus Christ, for He alone is the true adorer in spirit and truth. Then we will be sons and daughters of God. We will know with an experiential knowledge the truth of these words of Isaiah. You will be carried at the breast, and He will caress you on His knees. In fact, God seems to be 
wholly occupied with overwhelming the soul with caresses and marks of affection, like a mother who brings up her child and feeds it with her own milk. Oh, let us be attentive to the mysterious voice of our Father. My son, he says, my daughter, give me your heart. So even if we are ordered to shelter in place, even if our churches are locked, our masses are canceled, we can be these true adorers of the Father. Let us adore Him in spirit. That is, let us go away for a few moments as much as we're able and seek quiet, close our eyes, and be attentive to His presence in the depths of our soul, in the depths of the interior well of our hearts. Let us meet Jesus there as the Samaritan woman did. And let us give Him a drink precisely by asking Him to satisfy the thirst of our hearts. And then, satisfied and impelled by sharing in that divine love, let us go forth and with our actions show that we are adorers of the Father in truth as well as in spirit. As we spend this time in close company with our family and our loved ones, with uh, the many distractions of our life stripped away, as we're enclosed in our homes with those whom we love, Let us not give in to the temptations to simply seek distraction. And let us manfully resist uh, the tendency to respond with annoyance when those whom we're living in close proximity with might do things that, that bother or irritate us. Rather, let us strive to respond with great patience and exercise great mercy. We share in this divine love of the all merciful Father. Let us therefore imitate Him in our relations with our loved ones. And above all, let us ask Jesus Christ to be a true adorer of the Father in us and through us, not only in our moments of prayer, which we need now more than ever, but in our words and our actions. Then we can become not only true adorers of the Father in spirit and in truth, but icons of the one great adorer of the Father, Jesus Christ, to win the hearts of others and to guide them on to our eternal beatitude, to that place where our hearts will find rest for all eternity with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen.